Hello and welcome once again to another episode of the Academics Podcast. Hopefully you all know me by now, but just in case you're new to the show, I am your host. I go by the name of Justin D. Barnett. Today we have another great episode. While I was in New York a couple of months ago, I had the pleasure of visiting the Deutsche New York offices to sit down and have a chat with Maria Riverdenera, who's an account executive there. Although Maria works in New York City, we actually attended the same college here in Los Angeles and we had a mutual professor who recommended that I reach out to her. And while I was in town, I did. And we ended up being able to link up and knock this interview out. In this conversation, we discuss a bunch of different stuff, including the account that she currently works on, which is Reebok, her past jobs, her previous stints at David and Goliath here in Los Angeles and at BBDO in New York. She talks about what it's like working in New York versus LA and much, much more. Before we get into the interview, though, just a little more information on Deutsch, New York specifically. Um, Deutsch New York is a multidisciplinary marketing communication agency. They were founded as David Deutsch Associates by David Deutsch in 1969. The company name later changed to Deutsch Incorporated when his son, Donnie Deutsch, took over the agency in 1989. Their notable campaigns include IKEA, Volkswagen, Target, the Grammys, and dozens more. But enough of me talking. Here it is. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today's interview is a little away from the norm. I'm actually in New York City for um, the One Club Hear All the Black People Conference. Um, because I'm in the city, I thought it would be um, you know, beneficial and cool to reach out to someone in New York City in the industry and try and set up an interview. Luckily, through my school um, and our network, I was able to get in touch with an alumni. Um, I'll actually let her introduce herself. So, <laughs> how are you? Doing great. Uh, thank you for having me, Justin. No um, I So my name is Maria Rivadanera. I am a CSUDH alumni. I did study advertising PR while I was there. Um, and I'm currently at Deutsch as an account executive for Reebok. Um, I was prior to that in two other agencies, uh, one in LA and then one in New York City as well. But let's jump into some of these questions. Okay, so you just mentioned that you work on Reebok. Is that the only account that you work on? Yeah, I'm 100% Reebok. Um, there's definitely been times where I've worked on two accounts at once, but this is one of the first times that I've been 100%. Okay. And as an account executive, what exactly do you do? Yeah, so my day-to-day is very different depending on where I'm at in a stage of a project and a campaign. So, for example, right now, mid-production, we just um, wrapped up one part of our shoot, heading into another one this next week. Um, So, basically, my day-to-day, I come in, I look at my emails, I do kind of a to-do list to make sure that I'm covering off on everything that I need to, that I'm checking in with everyone within different departments, with my client, making sure we're delivering on time and, you know, really setting and managing expectations. And I, I feel like that's pretty much what client services is. That's the equivalent of account management, um, just making sure that you're touching points with everyone. And by the end of the day, you've completed your to-do list. Okay. So I know you studied advertising PR in mm-hmm. school. Is this a field that you always knew you wanted to get into? Definitely not. <laughs> I kind of stumbled on this um, prior to advertising. I thought I wanted to be in the medical field. I was originally a nursing major. And then from nursing, um, kind of realized I had the heart for it, but I didn't really have the willpower to really settle down and figure things out on my own and you know, really study and be in the library while all my friends were doing other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I realized that I had some credits to, you know, still be in the med field where I wasn't fully disappointing everybody and changing course completely. So I decided to do nutrition for a little bit. 
Um, and then just realized altogether, like, this isn't my thing. I don't know why I'm forcing this. Um, and I ended up kind of like reevaluating where I was with my classes. And uh, at this point, I was at a community college. So I was kind of looking at, you know, where can I rake up any of these credits that I have and see what I can come out of with an associate's degree and be able to transfer to a four year. Um, and I started to realize I was taking a lot of communication courses and I think it was just out of interest. Like it just kind of happened that way for me. And I was like, cool, I'm running with this. This is what I'm going to do. And then I'll transfer right away. So I figured that out pretty much like within the last semester that I had at my community college. And then from there, um, I ended up applying to CSUDH and they had a, four, I think it was like three or four different, um, I think it was three maybe, um, where they had like different types of concentrations for communications. So one was like journalism, advertising, and the other one I'm media. blanking, maybe media, yeah. yeah. So I think at that point is when I really decided like, okay, this sounds interesting and I ran with it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I mean, why, why New York? This is so far from LA. Yeah, um, so I'm originally from New Jersey. My whole family was here, I grew up here. Um, I ended up going to California when my parents, so my parents actually moved there first. So when I was 17, they decided to go for a job offer. I was like, there's no way I'm leaving before I graduate. I ended up staying and then realizing that I wanted to be near them again. So I took a semester of school at Santa Monica College in California um, right when I graduated high school, realized it wasn't my thing, and I ended up leaving and going to a four-year. I went to West Virginia University for a while. So I spent a spring and fall semester there, and that's when I was doing nursing. And then that's when I kind of realized, you know, Either this wasn't the school or this was not the the type of major that I wanted to be in. So I went back to California to give it another shot. Went back to Santa Monica College and then ended up spending five years in California. My parents actually moved back uh, probably within the first year that I was back in California. And they came back to the East Coast. So we've been kind of like just brushing each other, you know, just missing each other. Um, but I was like, you know what, I can't keep following my family, I need to start doing things for myself, and I figured it out for a while, and I just lived that life, and it was amazing, but, you know, it comes a point when you're starting to get older, and you just start to need to make changes for you again, mm -hmm. and this was just the right move at the time, Yeah. <laughs> so I came back. Okay, um, so I know you actually held some positions while you were in L.A., uh, I know you worked at David and Goliath, right? That was your introduction to advertising? Yeah, um, I definitely did... Um, other like I did an internship I did a freelance job as well prior to David and Goliath mm -hmm. um, but David and Goliath was definitely the one that I'm proudest about it's the one that was my first fully integrated agency the one that I always had really like dreamt about as this is advertising um, so it was definitely my first window in yeah. so what did you do there were you was this an internship or were you hired on full-time I was full-time. Um, I went in as an account coordinator, which is also the equivalent in different advertising agencies as an uh, assistant account executive. So yeah, I went in and I was actually on two accounts there. So I was on Chicken of the Sea, most of my scope was there, and then my other scope was in Universal Studios uh, Hollywood. So both very fun, very lighthearted accounts. Um, and then I even touched up on some new business while I was there, just from opportunity for meeting people from... Uh, going in and I actually was able to interview with the president of the company before I joined so mm -hmm. it gave me such a big chance to you know really explore options while I was there and you know you could become so much closer because you're able to touch people in such high departments yeah. um, depending on how large or, or small your agency is. Yeah. So prior to 
um, landing that first job, like, what was your job search like? Did you have a strategy? How did it go? Oh, gosh. <laughs> it was definitely um, difficult. It was not what I expected at all. Um, so I graduated in December 2017. It was definitely a weird moment because a lot of a lot of agencies aren't really hiring during that time it's the holidays maybe it's like super bowl time around that area um and they know a lot of graduates are probably coming in in may so there weren't many you know opportunities open for me at the time and i was also very stubborn at the time and you know i knew a few people maybe it was like from school or you know maybe i had friends here or there but i was one of those people that was so strong-willed that was like i'm going to figure this out by myself and I didn't want help, which was, I'm going to say, not the best thing to do. Um, so I was just out there, like, you know, applying on websites, uh, reaching out to people on LinkedIn. Um, then I started to talk to my family and seeing, like, w where they thought that I can, you know, better apply myself. And, um, yeah, I just got really lucky. I, I, got, I got really lucky because... So I did my first internship. It was like just a social media agency. It was very small. It was when I was still in school. I realized that that's not what I wanted to do. It's when I realized that I did want to do a fully integrated agency instead of just like a niche focus like that. Um, and then from there, I went to a um, freelance job, which they kind of just had me as a coordinator of sorts. So I was kind of doing everything. So I did do a little bit of Photoshop here and there. I did do, um, you know, a few presentations here or there, but I was temp. So... That was an ideal for me. Um, where, where was this? So this was at Lear Marketing Communications. Um, it was a it, so it was a good experience because I was able to touch up on Toyota as an account, um, but it was for their technician program. So it was definitely a lot smaller. The budgets were a lot smaller. This agency there was only like ten people in the actual office. So again, it was that niche type of you know company that I didn't necessarily want to be in at that moment I definitely wanted to be in something bigger and you know more well known so while I was there I actually was still applying because I still wanted a full-time position and at that moment I had I think I had reached out to Joy or sorry David and Goliath uh, through email through their website and I got you know I, someone reached out to me within think a few days I think it was like two days since I had applied and at that point I had also redone my whole resume to make it look more creative and my picture was on it there was different color blocks and things like that so I think I stood out at that point um, and yeah so since then like everything kind of just went really nicely yeah. for me so you redid the resume um, yeah. and then got the job or did you redo the resume after they they contacted you no, I did the I redid the resume uh -huh. right before. Oh, okay. So it was like I got that confidence back when I made the resume look nice again, and then I was just like, okay, I need to start applying again, and I just started shooting out emails, and then two days later, I heard from DNG. Interesting. I have a, I have a similar story. We can talk about it yeah. another time. Um, so one thing that I always like to talk about with with um, my guests or just with people in general that are in the industry, like it's uh, it's. I like to find out, you know, what they did before getting into the industry and what their life was like or what jobs they held and um, how those jobs, you know, helped them transition into this field mm -hmm. of advertising marketing. Um, so I know in your past you were like a server. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe you did some other uh, odd jobs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let, let's talk about that. those experience and experiences. Like, um, you know, how, how did those skills help you in the position that you are now? 
Yeah, that was definitely something that I took from school as well. They constantly drilled in our head that you don't need to be in advertising right now. You can do any other job and your skills can be applicable throughout you know, any field that you do. Um, but it's really just like figuring those things out. And yeah, so I was a server at a restaurant for four and a half years, mm-hmm. pretty much during the whole time that I was a student at CSUDH. And it helped me tremendously because it also helped me realize that I was able to speak with people that I didn't know all day long and make conversation and, you know, have a lot of patience for people as well, which you need to have in client management. Um, And yeah, so I think, so before that I was, so I was a server, I've done like retail jobs, kind of like the traditional route of, you know, younger students that are working part-time. And yeah, I, I think if it wasn't for the serving job, to be honest, I don't think I would have went in communications fully. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it helped me kind of branch out and consider myself as a little bit less of an introvert than I thought I was to mm-hmm. begin with. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that a lot of those skills that I put for serving translated into the jobs that I have now, especially just being able to train people, to manage people, to speak to different people. Like I've even served on celebrities back in LA. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, you can't be fearful. You need to just jump right in and figure it out. And then when you are in situations that you don't know how to handle, you also need to be able to keep your cool. And that's, again, the same thing as client management. You know, you never know what's going to be thrown at you. And, yeah kind of worked that way for me. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about David and Goliath, we talked about Deutsch here. Um, I know you've also been at a couple of other places. Um, let's talk about those places and what were those experiences like? Yeah, so in between D&G and Deutsch, um, I was at BBDO, which I was super excited to be at when I first came to New York City. Uh, it is the largest agency in the U.S. Um, and I was working for Johnson & Johnson at the time, so you know, when I started, I was stoked. I was like, this is this is it for my career. Like, you know, this is going to be the make or break. Like, you know, I can't, I was, I could not believe that I landed that job. Uh-huh. Um, especially, in, you know, so short in my career. Um, but when I got there, I realized, you know, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was a really large agency. Uh, it was known for the work, the work, the work. So I highly, highly recommend to anyone that's listening to look into the companies that you're applying for, making sure that you fit into the culture, what they stand for. And for me, I was like, the work, the work, the work, like we're gonna win awards here. Like we're gonna do some big things, like what's wrong with that? Um, but what I realized is before that, D&G, for example, their culture and their slogan was be, be brave. Yeah. It's the brave culture. And you know, they're really proud of that, the way that they instill it within their employees and things like that. So I came from this like, really proud smaller agency to this large massive agency that really only cared about the work Mm. Um, so I lasted there about three months Um, (laughs) not because I got fired or anything like that because I you know I left on my own accord um, mainly because I realized I didn't fit in I realized this is not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life I was going in every day super stressed coming home like super anxious like I just was not sleeping well um And at first I started to think, you know, maybe it's because you just moved to New York. Things are just different. You're going to, you know, tomorrow's going to be a new day. It's going to change. But what I started to realize is I started to realize all the things I don't want in an agency and all the things that I had. And it made me realize that I need to leave because it wasn't going to make me happy in the long run. Um, So some things, for example, um, we talked about a little bit while I I first, uh, while we first started talking, like when we sat down, just how, you know, this... We're in our we're in the Deutsch office right now, so he's kind of seeing how our layout is. It's very open space. Um, 
at BBDO, it was even worse. We had just really long tables. Everyone sat next to each other. Um, I was in between both of my bosses. <laughs> I sat next to my SVP and my EVP, and there was no one under me or anything like that. So it was just falling all on top of me. Like, couldn't even eat lunch without having to, you know, be asked to do something, and then the next person asked me something. And it was just like no five seconds to breathe. So I used to escape. I used to find places within the agency and just be like, I need to do work and I don't want to be sitting here. So it started to, you know, little things like that started to add up a lot. Um, I definitely had creatives that were a lot older than I had worked with in the past. Um, ones that, you know, like when you go in in a certain agency, you have to kind of show people how you like to work and then you have to also work with them and figure out what they you know how they like to work and how they like to run things and you have to figure out a solution and I felt like a lot of the times um, we weren't finding a common ground uh, and everyone was doing their job really well uh, but we weren't really working together um, and what I felt at that time is my team didn't really support each other in the way that I needed and I thought that that was really important for me in the next job. So that's when I started to realize, okay, now I know the type of team I want, the type of company I want, and I need to go out and find that because now I'm just focusing in on this is going to make me happy yeah. moving forward. Yeah. That's good that you were able to, to you know, find that so early on. A lot of people work like 10 years and just dread life going oh, to work yeah. every day. There's yeah. so many people that don't leave the same agency for years and years and years. And, you know, a part of that is like, not knowing what's going to wait for them in the next agency. Yeah. And so many people go back to the same agency because they realize that the agency that they thought they left for, you know, that was going to give them a better opportunity or better money or whatever the case was, mm -hmm. is not all what it's cracked out to be. Or, you know, maybe they do really like the job. And I've found a lot of people that also do really like BBDO here. There's some people, you know, that have left here and have gone there and are happy now, but it all depends on the account and your team that you're on. Yeah. So that BBO job that you took was your move back to New York or back yeah. to the East Coast, right? Yeah. So um, my question is, you know, how you guys experience the ad scene in LA, and now you experience it here. Like, how how do they differ? It is a big change, actually. Um, so I don't know if everyone is going to be able to know what I'm going to say right now if they've been to New York City, if they kind of know the vibe. Um, but in LA, it was definitely more relaxed. Everyone was, you know free to be whoever they wanted to be and no one judged or anything like that. Like they were the creatives that you pictured in your mind. You're like, they're just some cool, well-dressed people. They're just artsy and they just have this vibe to them. When I came to New York, there were people. So, so to put this in context, uh, ad agencies usually dress down. It's super, you know, business casual, probably casual at best, you know, um, everyone wears jeans and t-shirts and sneakers uh, when I went to BBDO, people were still wearing suits. <laughs> there was a lot of people that I saw like with suspenders, like crazy dressed up or in heels. And I'm like, we work in the city. How do you walk in heels? But it was people bringing them in their bags, you know, and we worked in Midtown. So it was, you know, in a very, there was a lot of uh, banks in that area. So there was different people within our building. And I think that kind of set the tone of how everyone was showing up to work. Um, so definitely way more buttoned up, I would say. Uh, I feel like here at Deutsch, it's a little bit different. It's kind of that in-between. People are still really casual. People dress up every once in a while, but for the most part, it's, you know, everyone's kind of their own style as long as we're not dressed like we're going to the gym or like we're going out, which I feel like that's fair for any agency. Yeah. Um, 
it's pretty it's pretty relaxed um, but I definitely think that the vibes are different even when we do like let's say happy hours and things like that um, I feel like Deutsch here is definitely more work inclined and we're kind of friends whereas when I was in my LA office everyone was like friends friends everyone was like let's hang out after we're doing this we're doing that you know and everyone got to know each other on a more personal level whereas I feel like New York is just a lot more work focused and then and then you can build a relationship maybe yeah okay um you talked about you said uh between your your bosses at at, at, um BBDO um so I got to walk in and see your desk here, and I see the, the floor layout. Um, I'm curious, you know, how is your team structured here? Who do you work with? Um, yeah, so this is actually the first time that I've had multiple people in different levels on my team. Like, my team is probably the most stacked that it's ever been since I've been in advertising. Uh, so I have a SVP account director, an account director myself, um, so I'm an account executive, and then I have an assistant account executive below me. Um, and the nice thing is we don't all sit together, but we sit in the same vicinity. So it's really easy to contact everybody to walk up to their desk and check in with one another. But thank God we do not sit right next to each other. <laughs> okay. Um, so what's your average day like at work? Like what time do you come in? Um, you know, what's your routine? Do you have a routine? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the office opens at nine. Everyone's pretty lax. You're going to find that in advertising in general. Um, and so our hours are technically 9 to 6. Um, I usually stroll in anywhere from like 9.15 to 9.30, depending on the day. Um, but always check in with my schedule. So if I have a 9 a.m. meeting, I'm going to be here at like 8.30 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I have, you know, and my meetings don't start till 1.30, no one's really checking in to say, hey, you're not here at 9 a.m. Um, and if, you know, I am running late, text my boss or whatever the case is and as long as the work gets done the work is done and no one's hounding you for it which is great and the nice thing is you can work from home too and you know most advertising agencies um so we definitely have that flexibility where hours aren't really a thing per se they're pretty loose and especially account management um like last night for example i was on the phone with our china partners at 8 30 at night because of the time difference so you never really have those set hours um and like I said before, like the, the schedule on the day to day really varies on the you know, the time of the time the, the timeline that the project is on. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's creative concepting production, it depends on who I'm gonna be contacting within that day. So maybe all day I'm gonna spend production or maybe I'll have to talk to someone in creative or maybe I'll have to talk to someone in strategy, but like strategy is a lot of that upfront. So mm-hmm. it really, really shifts throughout the year. So kind of depends on where you're at. Yeah. Um, you just mentioned that you you know you meet with uh, creatives, and I know the stereotype is like account and creative like beef all the time. Is is that true? Uh, not really. I can see where that might come from. Um, a lot of times it's like, oh, it's a creative led agency, it's an account led agency, things like that. Um, I don't necessarily see it. Some people do. Um, I feel that way maybe at BBDO. Um, here, it's not necessarily a beef. What the problem is. So there's different check-in points. So before account sees something, usually creatives have a check-in prior to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they're worried that account will go back to the client and say, hey, this is what we have before it's fully vetted through. So there's always an internal check-in prior to account seeing things. So I feel like that's maybe where there's some beef or like mm-hmm. things are hidden and you know this, that, or the, or the other. Um, 
or it's like who feels like they have the most power or say, uh, because we're going to be the ones, account people are going to be the ones vouching for the client saying, hey, we're meeting expectations or we're not. So we're constantly having to battle with our creatives and say, hey, uh, this doesn't look in budget or this, you know, is not on brief or this is, um, I don't know, great work or maybe we should tweak these things here, you know. Um, so we're definitely going to be the ones that are kind of giving them input that maybe they've already vetted through, but now we're like, okay, you have to go back and fix these few things yeah. because it's not going to meet our client's expectations or maybe it is and everything's great and then we can move forward the next day. Or we're constantly asking them to flip things around within 24 hours because the client <laughs> is asking for something crazy. And yeah. so then those are, you know, kind of, it's like, it's a tug, a tug and pull. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what would you say is like the most rewarding part of your job? What's your favorite part of what you do? Um, you know, a couple things I would say. One for certain is when a, when a project goes live and you start to see it in places like uh, websites or TV or things like that, you can finally talk about it, which is so relieving and so nice because you've been so excited about this project, you've been working on it for a while, as much stress as it may have caused you. Now you can show your friends and your family and you're not like, it's for internal purposes only and I can't share with anybody, but now it's like out in the world and you're like, I did that. This was cool, we did this thing together and now it's out. So I feel like that's always very rewarding to see. Um, I also think when you do start to get, you know, interns below you, or you get someone, in my case, like an assistant account executive below me, is when you start to be able to mold them, uh, how you like to do things and, you know, how they can best help you. And you start to feel like a mentor towards them. So you're like, I had all these people that were a mentor to me, and now I'm in that role now. So I definitely feel like it's really cool to be able to help people and, answer their questions and, you know, give them advice and kind of help them along the way. So I think in my day-to-day, -day, it would probably be that. But in the grand scheme of things, I think seeing um, our campaigns live is definitely really exciting. Okay. All right, the reverse of that. What's what's your least favorite? What do you... Um, I would say probably work-life balance. Um, it's, it's kind of tough, you know, especially in account management because those hours are flexible. It's like a give and take. It's like, yeah, I can show up, you know, 9.30, 10 if I feel like some days. But then there's days that I'm working maybe 10 to midnight. You know, it, it, it depends. It depends how much work needs to be done, if a client's still calling, if emails are still flowing, like the job still needs to be done. Um, and it's kind of hard to turn your email off. Um, and sometimes it's like you can't. You feel like you, you have that responsibility on your shoulder to see it through. And sometimes, you know, you have to work through a weekend, and that goes for creative production for anybody in advertising, really. But you just have to, you know, you work as a team, and you have to be accountable for your work and passing it through. And that's one of the things with account as well. You're, you're passing it through to different departments and to clients, so making sure everyone's getting things on time. And it puts a lot of pressure sometimes, but I think that that's probably the biggest challenge that I've been facing. <laughs> Okay, you said one of your favorite parts was, um, you know, seeing your work come out and being able to talk about it. Um, so what, what work, what have you worked on with Reebok, like, recently or just in general uh, campaigns that you can speak about? Yeah, um, so since we're in the thick of production right now, I can't necessarily say what we're doing. Um, we definitely have some things coming up within 2020 that will be exciting. Um, I can touch on other things that we've done. Um, and just kind of like generally speaking, uh, I'm trying to think about things that aren't going to get me in trouble right now. <laughs> Maybe I'll move on to okay. different uh, 
accounts that I've worked on. Okay. Um, let's think. So when I was in LA, I was on Chicken of the Sea and Universal Studios. So Chicken of the Sea, their budgets tended to be a little bit smaller. So we did a lot of digital and social work for them. Still really exciting. We also came out with a manifesto video, which I absolutely love. Um, so manifesto videos, I'm not sure if everyone's aware of, but basically it's like a rally cry for, you know, the people that work for you, the people that are looking into your brand, they're going to be the ones that want to see why should we believe in you? And, you know, we come up with this concept to say, this is why we are, you know, looking into ways to being more sustainable. We're looking at ways, you know, to not only like for our products, but within our agency, like maybe they're, I remember in their case, like their rugs were made out of certain uh, fibers or like plastics from the ocean, you know, things like that. Where it's like, oh, fun fact, no one knew, you know? And so putting together things like that that are very emotionally driven is always really cool. And you're like, wow, like I believe in your company even more. Now I want to tell my friends and family just, you know, from working with you guys. Uh, so that was something cool with uh, Chicken of the Sea. Universal Studios, I know that they just came out. So their spot actually just went live not too long ago. I saw their out of home stunt that I worked on. Um, where they had, I think it was, I don't remember what type of dinosaur. So this is for Jurassic World. This is the new uh, ride that they had at Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. It was just opening. They had a stunt come out where they had a dinosaur flying over. I believe it was the Hollywood sign the last time I was there. But I recently saw an article about it. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I was a part of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also did that shoot for that, for that uh, project. And it was really cool because we were able to like rig up this, the, the, the ride wasn't actually made yet so we had to like do a simulator essentially and we had to rig it so it kind of moved it so it's a boat mm -hmm. uh so it was like this big like green room we had to you know do all this vfx work after the fact where we had this dinosaur crashing into the wall and breaking the the glass and it looks like it was coming after you in the ride it was just like a really cool day because we were behind the scenes at universal studios and just putting that all together that was a fun one um, at BBDO, we did one for Johnson & Johnson where I realized, you know, you learn a lot about your clients too because you're like, oh, I know this brand, but you don't really know. Um, and for this one, it was kind of eye-opening because Johnson & Johnson, everyone knows as, you know, the, the hair and shampoo, you know, the shampoo products and baby lotions and talc powder and things like that. Um, more so as a baby company, but not a lot of people know it as a medical device company, as a cancer fighting company, like all these different things where you're like, oh wow, I had no idea that was Johnson & Johnson. Um, so we came out with this commercial saying, um, basically like, we're Johnson & Johnson, yes, we're a baby company, but we're also a company doing X, Y, and Z. And basically we're taking care of you all your life. Um, so it was definitely, again, very emotional, very, it pulls at your heartstrings, like, yeah, I know at that time too. and. I mean, I don't know if I should be saying this, but I will. It's out in the, in the papers and things like that, but they were being sued for a lot of things, like for the talc powder and, you know, discrimination and things like that. Um, so us coming out with a commercial like this also made me doubt, you know, made me feel as a consumer, you know, I believe in this company, I, you know, all these things that they're saying, I'm like, maybe, you know, I'm reading these things in the paper, but I'm like, they're also helping out all these people in all these different ways that it's like, did they really know? And did they, you know, I was now questioning the news because I had this background information. Um, so it's always kind of cool seeing that as well, because, you know, you're not going to always believe in your, your brand and maybe you're going to doubt them. And you're gonna be like, that's a really crappy thing that they did or whatever the case is, but it's a job, you know, and it's a job and you have to kind of run with it and you have to figure out ways to make your life, you know, better day to day, whether you believe in it or not. And I think that was a really cool way for us to respond and say, hey, we're that company that, you know, 
isn't that, but that's like 30% of us. And this, you know, this other 70% of us, we're doing X, Y, Z. Okay. Yeah. Good, yeah. Um, so you are, you came into the industry in the account department, mm -hmm. and you remain there the entire time. Mm -hmm. um, if you weren't an accountant, what department do you think you'd be in? That's always a tough one. I think about this a lot, actually, because I'm always like, did I pick the right department? Could I have gone somewhere else? Um, I feel like two departments that really stuck out to me was, I would say production and creative. I feel like they're probably the most exciting um, just because you're really hands-on with a campaign throughout, um, creative with the whole concepting, with designing, you know, making all these cool comps and things like that. Maybe if I was into Photoshop or in that realm, I would be all on board, but I'm yeah. just not. And I just realized, you know, those aren't where my talents sit. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's not me. Um, production, I feel like is really cool because you still manage relationships with your vendors. So VFX companies, directors, photographers, things like that. So I'm like, okay, cool. I can, I can do that. Um, but you also get to be way more hands-on with it and you don't have to be client-facing. So you don't have to be fully buttoned up, but you're like, okay, now we're creating this, we're putting effects, we're animating, we're doing these things. And I think that they're way more in, you know, ingrained into that process that would, I feel like, be way more exciting <laughs> than my day-to-day -day, per se. Like, I'm just getting handed off these files and then I see it once it's you know, put together, but they're kind of in there in that day-to-day -day process, which is, I feel like would be interesting. Um, from, from, in your opinion, what type of, so for people who are interested in being in account, account management, account executive, um, what type of qualities do you think uh, people need to have that, that have a goal on being in this department? Like, what should they focus on, personally? Yeah, um, and this is something I definitely talk to with my assistant account executive as well. Um, definitely being proactive being able to speak up when you don't know things, write things down, making sure you're following up with people, making sure that you're going in person because it makes such a big difference in sending an email and saying, hey, I need X, Y, and Z instead of going up to them and maybe you haven't met them before. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm Maria. I work in blah, blah, blah. Um, we work on this account together and um, how can we work together essentially is what you're saying to them. And at least they get to build that, you know, relationship with you and they're like okay yeah I'll do that for you or maybe they'll put you ahead of whatever else they're doing you know because they like you you're building that that relationship um so yeah I would say that and staying organized and making sure you're you know checking in with your your managers and your day-to-day -day and making sure that you're also helping them and you know making their job easier so you always want to say look at what you have to do for the day and then go back to them and say okay I can do x y and z and you know Maybe I can't do this, but where can I help? Yeah. So again, being proactive essentially is what it is and just making sure you're checking in and showing that you really care about this job and that you want to help as much as possible. Okay. Good advice, good advice. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of advice, if you could go back and offer your college self some advice, let's say your senior year um, before you, you know, got into the workforce, um, you know, what would you tell yourself knowing everything that you know now? Take your time. Um, I definitely feel like I rushed through the process once I realized what I wanted to do. Um, I think I didn't get to join clubs at all um, because I was so determined on finishing and so ready to get into the work field that I was just like, I don't have time for this, I can't do this, I can't stay back. On the other end, I was really focusing on my academics, which is a good thing. Like, I was fully in. Like, I, you know, was staying in the library or you know, doing whatever I could to make sure that I was getting my assignments done and doing them to the best of my ability. But at the same time, 
I was also the person that was helping people set up for their clubs, <laughs> and I was friends with people at clubs, um, but I just never joined them. And I feel like that you know, hurt me a little bit in the end because they had all of these networking opportunities that I didn't necessarily have or want to tap into. Um, and I think that making sure that you're tapping into those networks or, you know, the people that you know that are in different agencies or maybe they are your professors, making sure that you're going in and saying, hey, um, I really want to work here. Do you know anyone or do you have any advice? And one of the things that I did that was like a minor step forward was ask for book recommendations. Um, I actually asked it from Mr. Rizzo, our professor, um, as soon he, as I graduated. Good He's good at those. Yeah, because I was like, you know, I was like, you gave us some great reading material to read during you know our course of our time together but I was just like what do I do now like what do I, I want to keep learning in the meantime that I'm still searching for jobs and figuring that out and uh, I didn't know where to start and because I wasn't landing a job right away I was like how do I continue learning and not feeling like I'm going backwards yeah so let's stay on that topic of um you're a senior, you're going into the workforce. So what was your perception of like what would the advertising industry be like before you got into David and Goliath? And once you got there, like how, how, um, how right were you? You know, or you, how always, long were you? you always feel like you know. Yeah. You don't know. You don't actually know. Right. Um, when I took the integrated communications management course, they give you an overview of what every department was, what every role was. So you got like a gist of it. And then you got, and then I was able to, um, you know, pick a role and then do this campaign or basically pitch a product, pitch something to a client, right? Um, at that point, I kind of got an idea, but the problem was not everyone was doing what they were supposed to be doing within each department. Mm. So we're a bunch of students, you know, like it's not going to work out that way. Uh, so my expectations were definitely still, I don't know if I really had any per se. I kind of knew. So at that time I was a project manager in that, in that, um, project that we did. Mm -hmm. So I was either like project manager or account management. Those were the two that I was looking at at the time. Um, and then I did project management, but what I started to realize while I was on that project that I was definitely doing probably more account management at the time that I didn't realize I was, um, so going in, I had an idea, uh, but once I went in, it was really starting from the bottom. It was really just like, okay, I really had no idea. I know what commercials are. I know what you know, social media ads are, what uh, banners are on websites and things like that. Um, I knew the just enough to get me by, just enough for what the books told me. Uh, but when it comes to real life, everything you know, kind of kind of changes on you and you start to have to ask a lot of questions and that's when you really start to learn when you're more hands-on okay cool so i mean getting into the industry i'm um you know I'm, you discover it a little um later just as i did and i always find it you know difficult to tell people who are not in the industry like what we do what advertising does so my question is um how do you explain it to your parents like what do you do do they understand that's funny yeah um so everyone knows what a commercial is. Everyone knows like TV spots and things like that. They don't know the complexity of the job. And I try to keep it as bare minimal as possible because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I make commercials. <laughs> um, but then every once in a while, if I'm actually with them, I'll show them something and I'm like, oh, like you see how you got that. Or, oh, you see how you're getting these ads because of these certain algorithms or things like that. Like I study that or maybe we sat in focus groups or I start to explain to them little by little saying this is why or this is how you're getting targeted these ads and so I think in 
in that sense they're starting to realize like oh wow there's more than just this commercial that maybe they don't want to watch while they're watching their TV or whatever they're doing on their phone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I start to tell them more about the research and the back end of the work that we do um, to be able to put on this production. And I think for them and like telling them like where our teams traveled and things like that is way more exciting and they start to want to listen in a little bit more. Yeah. So I think just like giving them a little bit more background knowledge is always best for to get them to understand what you actually produce yeah. if that makes sense yeah that's perfect um yeah, do you do anything outside of work to like keep up on the industry like what other companies are doing or just anything in general um like I, websites instagram anything? yeah i definitely think at the beginning of my career i was for sure 100 percent. if i was especially if i was at work and i had nothing to do at in that moment i was on ad week on ad age on anything that can get me information about, you know, different competitor brands or different companies or LinkedIn or whatever it was, I was always trying to, you know, stay on top of things and having Google alerts about competitors and things like that. Um, So it's definitely way more well-informed. I think now as I've been way more hands-on and um, a little bit, you know, further in my career, I haven't been actively looking at things like I was before or reading, um, but I definitely think that that helped me enough to get to where I'm at now. And even like, I know this sounds silly, but I remember when I was at uh, D&G, we, everyone would always reference Mad Men. And I hadn't watched it at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, now I need to like sit down and buckle down and watch this because everyone has these inside jokes that I don't know about and it all has to do with advertising. So like even things like that, when you think, you know, it's not going to be the most educational, like things aren't like that anymore and whatever. Uh, it was still good to be like in the know, you know, they still bring you through that pitch process. They still bring you through like these little, you know, they make these little innuendos that like you wouldn't necessarily get if you weren't in the field. And, um, I think even that I would consider learning or like doing things that were helping me throughout my career. Yeah. what do you think about the ending of Mad Men? I wasn't as happy. I feel like, okay, so I watched, I watched it a few years ago, but I remember he like went on a retreat or something and yeah. it felt like he kind of like gave up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they like focused it a lot around uh, Draper, yeah. um, which I get. And which is also why a lot of people say like, oh, creatives are this or that, or, you know, they're the ones that are really creating the concepts and everything like that. And they're the ones in charge. And I also just felt like he kind of like crumbled for this guy that you, you know, built him up and you were like, this is the guy that, you know, he's supposed to have all the power and he's supposed to be like this, I don't know. Like, I I just, I definitely felt like there could have been more. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I definitely feel like I missed a lot. And I also feel like they put down account management in that show. <laughs> it, it but those were the old days. Those, those were old the old days. days. But, I mean, hey, that's kind of what it is. That, and that's also kind of what I saw it as, too. I was like, oh, I'm just going to schmooze some people. Maybe I'm going to take them out to dinner. I'm going to take them out to drinks. I don't mm. take anybody out to dinner. <laughs> um, every once in a while, like, yeah, if we're on a shoot together, like, we're all going to do those things. But it's like, I'm not having client meetings, you know, over drinks. Like, they're coming in. We're doing business. Um, stuff they wear more professional than what that movie was or show was but um yeah it was it's funny <laughs> like, I always like to get that people's perspective on it uh, yeah I don't know I had a different I liked the ending of it I think you it was did? good yeah because it it made us feel like he hit rock bottom and like he quit he got up and walked out of the meeting in New York and drove to California um and then at the end you see that he walked out of the Coca-Cola meeting but at the end you see that he went back and 
had like this um, creative, uh, the yoga or whatever he was doing on that retreat, you know, got his creative juices flowing again and he went back and produced the biggest commercial ever, which was the Coca-Cola commercial that it ended with. So, um, I don't know, I'm kind of like in the creative space too, so I can appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I get it, I understand it. I did uh, want more afterwards. I was like, oh, this is what you're going to leave us with? Like, I wanted to know more about everyone's story and what they went on to do. So. Yeah, um, I can totally see that. I can also... I guess now looking back, like now that you're saying that, you can also relate to that because it's like you run yourself dry. It's like you get to the point, and that's kind of like how I was at BBDO. It's like I ran myself to the point where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm no longer happy. And then you find something else and you know, you kind of refresh and you start over. But yeah, that's really interesting. I, I, again, I haven't seen it in a while, but now that you're bringing it up, I'm like, that's true. Yeah. Sorry, we get sidetracked. So, what's next for you in, in your career? What, what are your goals? Uh, I definitely have short-term, long-term goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, short-term, keep moving up that ladder. <laughs> uh, keep moving within my department. I don't really have any plans to actually move on to a different department. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think long-term for me, we had this discussion back when I was in LA. They're like, what do ad people do? Like, you don't really see a lot of older people in advertising. Uh, a lot of people said like maybe they become teachers or you know professors more so, or you don't know. Everyone kind of like made a joke out of it. They're like, they evaporate. Like, who knows? Like, they just go somewhere that no one talks about. Um, but what I've realized is they probably go client side. So most of the time they're client side. Um, I don't know if that's going to make me happy, uh, especially because I work with clients on the day to day and I see how things are, you know, run on their end that I'm just like, I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Um, but I definitely know categories that I'd want to be in. Um, so definitely if I were in client side, I'd probably say like skincare, cosmetics, something like that. Um, but if I wanted to change overall, like advertising, I would probably do something a little bit more like media focused. Maybe I do streaming services. Maybe I do like Netflix, Hulu, Snapchat, things like that. Um, but the cool thing is I'm in New York city, so <laughs> there's all of that here. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Okay. Um, so Maria, this was a great interview. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with me. Um, What's the best way listeners can get in touch with you if they have any questions or need some advice? Yeah, um, well, thank you for having me, Justin. Um, I would say probably LinkedIn is probably the best. Um, I check up on it pretty regularly. That's also how we got into contact. Um, I will answer any messages, questions. Uh, you know, my name, I'm sure, will be on this podcast. So, yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to chat. All right, thank you. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Before we go, if you want to hear and learn more about the ad industry, make sure you check out our other episodes in the podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, you can email academicspodcast at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Feel free to like, leave a review, post it on any and all social channels. You can find us on LinkedIn and Instagram at academics, or you can find me personally at Justin D. Barnett. I'm Justin D. Barnett, and you've been listening to the Academics Podcast.